Welcome to the Charlotte Business Podcast, the podcast where business owners in and around the Charlotte, North Carolina area share their stories, their struggles, and the obstacles they overcame in growing their business to success. We hope these stories are an inspiration to others wanting and trying to start their own businesses and give consumers a better understanding of our local business community. I am your host, Sebastian McShane. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, you are in for a real treat. I talked with David Gold, who was the founder of Rolling Tones. David is a former military aircraft mechanic who now installs systems in cars. And when I say systems, I mean stereos, radar, and whatever else you can think of. He has installed systems on multi-million dollar vehicles and the type of car you are probably driving today. Our talk not only hit on David's expertise in his field, but his philosophy on life, which I found remarkably interesting, and I think you will too. So let's get to it. Hello, David Gold. How are you today? Then appreciate you coming on a podcast. Great. Awesome. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so let, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. A little bit of your uh, background. Born in Boston. Born in Boston, Massachusetts. However, to fit in down here, uh, my grandfather was born and raised in Moorhead City, North Carolina. I used to live there. So, okay. Uh, Salter Path. His his name is Grady Hugh Salter. Mm-hmm. It's a Salter family down there. Wow. And they would, what they would do is actually entice cargo ships onto the shore by building bonfires and then loot the contents. So I come from, I have a rebellious streak in me. Some pirates. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's land, pretty cool. Land, land pirate. I call them land pirates. So <laughs> to, to break the ice down here, what I say is I'm from Boston, but... My grandfather was born and raised in Moorhead City, and I was kidnapped while still in the womb to be brought up to New England to be raised as a Yankee. Yeah. But I have triumphantly returned. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. I bet so you I have was stationed in the, Go ahead. Go I ahead. was stationed here. In the, I was in the Marine Corps at um, Cherry Point Marine Corps Air Station mm-hmm. in the early 80s, and I had a little bit of a psychic hit like ESP driving around uh, state route 70 that I would actually be back to North Carolina when I retired. Oh, that's cool. That was in 1982. I had this premonition. Now I am by no means retired, but I have returned. Yeah. Good, good to have you so back. What I do, like, thank you. Uh, my company is called rolling tones. It's a one man operation. I do car electronics. So let's say you need a remote starter, backup camera, heated seats, uh, trailer hitch, trailer hitch wiring. My signature product is the K40 radar. It's a radar and laser protection system, so you don't get a speeding ticket. That's and cool. the average the average ticket price on that is about thirty eight hundred dollars installed. Right. So I tend toward more high end cars. And then recently, there's been a bifurcation of my business because of the virus. Freeman yeah. Car Stereo has been closed until recently. So what I've been doing is getting a lot of calls from people who are not that well off, who just need a new radio or a new pair of speakers. And I really find that very rewarding because it's more rewarding to design a system to a certain price point than 
some rich guy who just has a blank check and says, I don't care how much it costs. I just want the yeah. best to see. So I've been doing, I, I really love that. Like, for example, I have a, a message on my phone from Yelp and I get inquiries maybe one a day. It was a family who said, um, my daughter has a 1999 Honda Accord. The sound system's really horrible. What, do you, what can you do on a budget? Like a new radio and speakers. And I love that because I love helping out people since I know about the technology. Mm-hmm. I counsel them on how much to spend, how much not to spend, you know, save them a little money. And um, I decided to move to Charlotte three years ago. I was sick of shoveling snow. Yeah. Basically. I Living you. in New Hampshire. We had, uh, we had nine and a half feet of snow one season. <laughs> no, I'm only six. I'm only six too. So nine and a half feet is way up there. Right. And obviously not all in one storm, but I researched multiple cities before I moved to Charlotte. I chose Charlotte out of all the cities in North Carolina because of the demographics. It's the home of NASCAR. They just built the NASCAR Hall of Fame recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of wealthy families on Lake Norman, Cornelius, Davidson. And I just, I just love North Carolina. I really do. Um, I love what I do. I, I never feel like I'm getting, I'm getting paid to do what I love to do. It doesn't feel like work to me. Is my point. Yeah, so that's I, awesome. So but I can relate to the snow issue because I'm from Buffalo. So the only thing I miss oh, about yeah. Buffalo is the food. <laughs> yeah, they have good food in Buffalo. Oh, they have awesome food in Buffalo. Beef on wag really? and the original wings. Yeah, I miss okay. that. Um, um, so I've been doing this, I, I was in the Marines from 1980 to 85. I got a lot okay. of technical training in addition to my, my job, which was a C-130 aircraft engine mechanic. I was also taking courses from various colleges and universities on wiring, electricity, physics, maintenance, etc. Courses from the U.S. Army, from the Navy, the Air Force, um, a couple of colleges. So I've always believed in continuous learning. Mm-hmm. continuous development and my approach is um, recently I've started to tell people I have lots of little sayings that I like to say like one is I'm a fan of the working man and I like that because it rhymes so I really identify with blue collar guys I used to say that if you take if you pulled over the first 50 work trucks that you saw screaming down 95 from New Hampshire into Boston at 6 in the morning with those 50 trucks, you could build anything because those are the people that build America. And a lot of people don't realize how much they sacrifice, how early they get up. They don't see their wives, their kids. Yeah. Those, most of those are still asleep or half asleep when they leave the house. And even though I work on a lot of high-end cars, I'm not, you know, stuck up. Um, and my, my approach to installations is I, I've been trying to think about it during this meeting. How would I say it? I would say it's refreshingly, refreshingly high standards, mm-hmm. which is kind of unique. The car, aftermarket car electronics industry has always had what I call the race to the bottom mentality. Like I would call my supplier and say, hey, I'd like to get a backup camera. Sell me a really good one. And they had one for like $79 and they would say, but wait, 
we have one coming in. It's only $49. And I would say, no, no, I want the $150 camera. Yeah. I want the best quality that you have because I'm an FAA licensed aircraft mechanic. I'm very picky. I don't want comebacks. It's not good for the customer. And so to just get back to the high standards, I use seat covers on the car. Every car that I work on, I do a thorough consultation on the phone or email, mm -hmm. usually both. Uh, sometimes I'll stop at a coffee shop to look at the customer's car. And the high standards are I solder all my connections. I don't use those red and blue electrical connectors that can loosen and fall off. Right. Um, I take really good care of the customers. Everybody gets a, a greeting card in the mail, a thank you note. That's cool. That's I use a service called I use a service called Send Out Cards. Uh huh. Send Out Cards. So I take photographs of the vehicle while I'm working on it, and then I compose a greeting card with their actual car, either in their driveway, and it's highlighting points of the installation with arrows and text, and they just are blown away by that. I can also throw in a gift, like someone who spends quite a bit of money with me. I just sent a can of uh, gourmet pecans and pralines. Wow. Because they, they're a wine aficionado. They love cocktails and whatnot. So I thought, okay, what would go with that? So I always try to look at things from the customer's point of view mm -hmm. as far as meeting their needs. Since I'm a mobile operation, I recently hit upon the phrase that um, you can watch me work if you drop your car off the car stereo shop. You don't know who... It's going to work on it. They might put the new guy on your car. Right. They can hide mistakes in the wiring under the carpet that you'll never see until there's a problem. With me, it's about transparency. You can watch me work. You can help me if you if you feel like it. Uh -huh. uh, so they really like that approach. They also have a good feeling for when I'll be finished. You know, if I say I'll be done, like today, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, as I stayed at a hotel. I'm in the lobby. Uh -huh. uh, I have a customer with a 2018 BMW 550i, I'm doing a $3,400 K40 radar system for him. And he he knows, and I know, because I can predict, I'll be done probably 5 p.m. So he can then go pick up the wife or, you know, meet his, his schedule. Yeah, that's awesome. So you have some yeah. really great customer service, which is so important and so uh, neglected nowadays, I think. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's always a temptation to... Uh, take shortcuts but I, I just don't work that way you know I have a high moral standard and I am not the least expensive but I don't have a lot of overhead so my prices are competitive so if you look at the whole I like to think of the whole life cycle of a car when, from when the customer buys it I do a lot of ad hoc consulting on which car to buy and what to stay away from the customer will call me and say oh I'm thinking of getting a new such and such and I'll say well great or yeah it's okay but look out for this or uh stay away you know mm -hmm. from that particular model so okay so how do you so, go from being an aircraft mechanic to installing high-end equipment in cars how's that journey happen well my my grandfather grady hugh salter was a mechanical engineer he worked with ge and lynn general electric he was mm -hmm. um helping design the frank whittle jet engine it's w-h-i-t-t-l-e it was um English early jet engine, one of the first, and he was working on developing the engine for U.S. aircraft requirements with Marine Guards in the hallway in Lynn, which is just north of Boston. 
and he had a great mechanical ability, engineering ability. His son, my uncle, uh, Winfield Salter, was a, a very accomplished civil engineer. He designed MARTA, it's the M-A-R-T-A in Atlanta, the light rail subway, mm -hmm. and he also designed BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit in San Francisco. And he also designed the Newport Bridge. Wow. If you ask a six-year-old to draw a bridge, it would look just like the Newport Bridge. It's a classic double column suspension bridge. So engineering's in my blood. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't see myself doing anything. I love cars. I worked as an aircraft mechanic for a while, but it doesn't pay well. Yeah. So I should, you know, general aviation, really horrible pay rate. And uh, this is right after I got my FAA license. I went to mm -hmm. East Coast Aerotech in Hanson Field in Bedford, Mass, just north of uh, Boston. So I decided to go in the Marine Corps because my brother had brought home a brochure from a high school recruiter, not a recruiter, but a career day. And that's what prompted me to go to East Coast Aerotech because it looked like a really great school. And I had, a, I had a lot of fun, I learned a lot. And my uncle Winfield was a Marine. And it was only about three years ago after he died that I learned that he was also an aircraft mechanic in the Marine Corps. So it's like karma, you know? Wow. That was really cool, yeah. Yeah. And he, um, he was at the same air station, uh, Cherry Point, uh -huh. you know, way back when. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, I took engineering courses at U Lowell. I was selling cars on the side. And it was just, I, I'm not dancing around the question, but it's just kind of like a natural progression. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you, they, someone has, some famous person said, if you do what you love, you'll, you'll never feel like you're actually working. Yeah, exactly. I, I love what I do. And my, my enthusiasm comes through. My customers, they realize I'm passionate and perfectionist, you know, about what I do. Yeah. Um, when were you at Cherry Point? What years? Uh, it would be 1980 to 83. Okay. Yeah. AD. Our lives kind of parallel a little bit because when I first moved to Florida or North Carolina, I was living, like I said, in Moorhead City, Newport area. And I was actually working oh, yeah. with a construction company working on Cherry Point from about 85 to 87. So, yeah, yeah I know we the area well. Each other on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is yeah. there anything. With your background, you pretty much are, you know, uh, up on everything. Is there anything you wish you had known before you started out your business? Uh, <clears throat> that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. Before I started my business, I also sold cars for nine years, by the way. High-end, Porsche, Audi, uh, Volvo, and it was a couple of different dealerships. But I, I always was doing, back then they were side jobs, and the name Rolling Tones came to me driving down the highway because the original cell phones had a dial tone and I'm yeah. rolling down the road. So rolling tones, plus there's the obvious um, tie in with the rolling stones. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to think if I would say, because I love what I do so much um, to take it more seriously and to learn marketing techniques that, I hadn't adopted. If you wanted an answer to the question, what would I have done had I known I was going to go down this path? Mm -hmm. There was a book, I forget what it's called, but it said most entrepreneurs spend one third of their time, they should spend one third of their time turning wrenches, in my case, mm -hmm. one third marketing and one third sales. 
quote was about 80% turning wrenches, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of sales, because the phone would always ring. If I was lacking for work, the phone would always ring. It was really strange how that happened up in New Hampshire yeah. for years and years. I had a lot of dealerships that would use me for my services. So I would say pick a career that you love, you know, something you love doing, and then get some training on the, the grunt work, the marketing, the sales, the um, customer relations. So I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a lifelong student of learning. So I'm always learning about everything. I, I joined the SAE, Society of Automotive Engineers. Mm-hmm. I study the car industry. I read automotive news. I'm really fascinated by manufacturing. There's a whole revolution taking place in manufacturing. Now it's called additive manufacturing, which is 3D printing. Mm-hmm. versus you take a block of aluminum, you put it on a machine, milling machine or a lathe, that's subtractive. You're, you're taking away from that hunk of aluminum. Well, additive manufacturing is where you're adding material molecule by molecule. That's just one example. The revolution in CAD CAM, you know, computer-aided design, computer-aided right. manufacturing. So I, I consider myself a renaissance man, that I'm interested in all things, um, especially when it comes to transportation. Mm-hmm. We're on the cusp of a huge revolution, uh, the autonomous car. Yeah. There are actually going to be lanes, like, you know how right now we have high-density lanes for commuters that have two or more occupants? Right. That's going to be converted to a driving lane for those, those Luddites that insist on putting their hands on the steering wheel. You can go in that lane because you're more dangerous than everybody else that's in their bubble car reading the newspaper. Yeah on their iPad, I'm showing my age, <laughs> reading, reading, reading their tablets while the car takes them to work. So it's just like horse racing uh, or the ownership of horses. Uh-huh. Years ago, everybody had a horse. If even a farmer had a horse or a donkey. Right. Um, now horses have been replaced by the automobile. So horses have become a niche hobby, horse racing, horsemanship, showing horses, dressage. Right. It's the same thing with automobiles. Um, car shows are going to become more specialized because people are going to take autonomous transportation for granted. It's going to free up people that are handicapped, they're blind, they can't mm-hmm. see very well, or they're very old, or they have limited reflexes. It's going to liberate them to be able to go shopping, go to the hairdresser, just by punching in something on their phone and then a vehicle will show up at their door. It's really amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm helping neat. to usher that in. That's awesome. What that's we awesome. say is the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. Yeah. Okay. That makes think sense. Think about it. How many more years do you think before there's more autonomous cars on the road than manly, manually driven well, cars on the road? It's okay. As far as like greater than 50%. Yeah. Right. Um, nobody really knows, but there's an expression which says that a business fails financially little by little, day by day, week by week, and then all of a sudden it's gone. So yeah. the, in, the inverse of that would be with autonomous cars. Autonomous cars are already here. They're already being built in limited capacity. The growth will accelerate faster than I think even industry experts can predict. People are saying 20 years, 25 years. I guarantee you it's going to be five to seven years. You're going to 
be able to buy a fully autonomous. We're already working on it. GM has, yeah. well, it used to be called the skateboard concept. It's a giant flat battery pack, which Tesla invented. Did you know all of Tesla's inventions are open source? Everything about the Tesla can be copied by any other car maker. He's really? doing that to help humanity. That's so cool. you're I didn't know that. A lot of, you're seeing a lot of skateboard designs because the battery pack in the Tesla is, I think, maybe four or five inches thick. It's mm -hmm. very rigid structurally, so it helps the structural rigidity of a car, which really helps for side impact protection. Very low center of gravity, which helps handling and braking. And you're seeing, like General Motors has this skateboard concept where any body can be put onto the skateboard. And some futurists like to think that you could pull into a dealership and within an hour, you got tired of your old body, they could swap it out. Let's say you wanted a pickup truck. Right. Okay, well, here's your pickup truck body. And your lease payment starts all over again. So, so I don't, I can't answer, for, I don't think anybody really can answer precisely when we're going to hit the 50% mark of the time. Yeah. But you'll know it when it's here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll hit, hit yeah. us pretty quick too. Probably before we even know it. We're, it'll, you know. That's, that was my point about yeah. a business failing all at once and then in one day. So, you know, if you, you want to get it back to a more realistic level, um, I love Charlotte. When I say Charlotte, I mean basically everything inside 485 and outside yeah. of 485. My shop is a private shop. It's, it's in Concord in a rural area, and it's like Superman's Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> Nobody knows where it is. I just don't want some person showing up unexpectedly because what I do is mobile. 90% of my jobs can be done in the customer's home or office. Yeah. I do have a fully equipped shop. It's 900 square feet. It'll build two cars quite comfortably. And I'm in the process of renovating it, insulating it, adding air conditioning, et cetera. I want it to be a real show palace. I want it to look like a NASCAR race shop, but on a budget. Uh, the plan is to have it all white or off-white colors so that it really has a lot of eye appeal because I do have a YouTube channel that's parked. I'm not doing anything with it, but I would um, really love to start making YouTube videos. Yeah, that cool. would be uh, both for other installers, like how do you do this, how do you do that. There are a few YouTube channels right now, but I have not seen any YouTube channel for car electronics that is the type of YouTube channel I'd like to have. So I think I could fit in. I would be one more cog in the gear of mm -hmm. this five-star car stereo. There's um, three or four others that I like, and they've provided useful information. So I'm looking forward to that. It could be another six months before I make my first YouTube video. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I, loved, I love to educate the consumer about there's a lot of misinformation about car stereo and big thing now is Apple CarPlay. Yeah. Uh, remote starters are big. Remote starters are much bigger up in New England because of the cold weather. Right. So um, even though you work on more high-end vehicles than, than low-end vehicles, that technology and all that stuff that they put into those cars does eventually trickle down to the lower-end consumer, doesn't it? Yes. For example, yeah. get, getting back to Apple CarPlay, um, maybe $800 or less, I can mm -hmm. install a state-of-the-art Pioneer or Kenwood or JVC Apple CarPlay radio in a car. Could even be less than that. Don't quote me on the price because the prices are always coming down. Apple Car, what I like to say is, because I, I like to invent my own little phrases. One of them is, don't trade, upgrade. Right. So what that means is, with an exclamation mark at the end, don't trade, upgrade. 
So if you like your car and it's paid for and it has no rust, most people really like their cars. If they didn't really like their car, they would have traded it in a long time ago. Right. Let me, for a few hundred dollars, let me upgrade the technology to 2020 specs. You have no car payment. And the technology you have, with some exceptions, is the same as the 2020 Impala on the highway next to you, you see. Now, there are some things the aftermarket has not come out with yet because they're very complicated to install. Things like, um, I would say things that interfere with the vehicle, like um, lane departure warning, like on Mercedes-Benz and lots of other cars, the car will gently, gently steer you back into your lane. It intervenes with the power steering to turn mm -hmm. the car. We don't have that in the aftermarket yet. I'm sure they're working on it. However, we do have lane departure warning. Yeah. Which you have to, ever since the birth of the automobile, there's been aftermarket doodads, gadgets, accessories. Right. Uh, the word Motorola is, uh, it's a contraction of the words motor and Victrola, as in record player. Right. Motorola. Okay. It was the first car radio, I think 1921. So the, the point of what I'm saying is, as far as lane departure warning, we also have blind spot assist. We have other safety systems that we can install. Mm -hmm. We have parking sensors, ultrasonic parking. Those systems are developed by the same suppliers that design them for the OEMs. OEM means original equipment manufacturer. In other words, the car makers, right. Ford, Chevy, Chrysler. So the, you, it's up to us, the installer, to select the quality product that's going to work for that customer's car and a lot of it has to do with the quality of the installation mm -hmm. but um we can we can definitely save you money if you're looking at trading in your car simply because of the technology all cars are getting better all cars are reliable the least expensive car you can buy it's i think it's the mitsubishi something or other little four-door hatchback the build quality is very good there, there's not much differentiation in build quality and reliability between cars. So the differentiating factor is going to be what's called infotainment, which is a mm -hmm. contraction of the words information and entertainment. So there's no longer a car radio. You have an infotainment screen with right. multiple sources, AM, FM, uh, USB music from a thumb drive, streaming music from your phone, um, CD. Believe it or not, this is how fast things are moving. CDs are obsolete. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's on thumb drives. Wireless. wireless and thumb drives. Well, yeah, that and now wireless. Yeah. So the day when the day comes that they want to put a chip on the side of my head, I'm going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I think. There's a uh, limit. You got to put a limit to something, right? <laughs> like I had Google, no, I'm not saying anything bad about Google, although I do have privacy concerns. Mm -hmm. um, I went back to the Franklin planner. It's a leather-bound paper planner with, I don't know if you remember this. This is a, a pen. Yeah. <laughs> they still have those around. I love my Franklin planner because I can open the month view. I can look at all my appointments. Just like when you go to the dentist, I think they, well, maybe they still don't. I don't know. But they used to use a you know, big, huge calendar on their desk. Yeah. I love that because I can make yeah. instant changes. I can cross it out. So technology has its place. And I understand there's lots of people that 
want a simple experience. Like I've got a, an inquiry now from a customer with a 2016 Porsche Cayman S. He's a retired. He wants to replace the radio with Apple CarPlay, backup camera, and all this stuff. It's going to kill the resale value. So I'm just as quick to not recommend something as mm -hmm. I am to recommend something. You take good. a modern, especially with Mercedes-Benz and Porsche, not so much with BMW, but it does apply to BMW. You replace that factory radio, you kill the resale value. So you have to ask yourself, what's the payoff versus how much, how much punishment will the customer get down the road? They take it to the dealership, um, especially Mercedes-Benz. You bring it in there with an aftermarket radio, and they're, they're like, the sign of the cross, stay away. You know, we'll yeah. give you $9,000 for a car that's worth 15000 Simply, no matter how professional the installation is. Now, we're going off a little side spur, but there are yeah. some high-end shops, myself and many others in the Charlotte area, that can do that as long as the customer is willing to accept the reduction in resale value when you're talking trade-in. On a private sale, you probably could recover some of those costs. We're talking three, four, five thousand dollars to do this on certain cars. Mm -hmm. uh, classic example: Mercedes-Benz SL has the Bose sound system. I think most installers in my business would agree with me when I say, if it has no highs and has no lows, it must be Bose. <laughs> we don't really like. It's okay. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. hi-fi for the masses. You know, it's not really high-end i mean they do a pretty good job but bose has been successful <clears throat> i believe the first bose system was the 1986 corvette yeah which i hope i'm not wrong c5 came on 84. so bose has done a pretty good job of bringing high fidelity sound to the masses but bose also has to work with the oem car makers because the car maker saab had this booklet that they published every year called engineering features and they laid out in their first paragraph, this is back in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. One of the sentences was, all cars are a compromise. So if you think about it, they're a compromise between uh, roominess, cargo capacity, handling, fuel economy, comfort, horsepower, the cost to assemble, purchase price, longevity, recyclability, huge compromises that all have to be met. So Bose, when they design an audio system for a car, along with a few other suppliers like Harman Kardon, Harman Kardon makes a lot of sound systems for cars under other names, such as Infinity. That's a Harman Kardon brand. They have, to they have to comply with requirements of the car maker for things like, how much weight is this gonna add to a car? how much cost and you've got the accountant saying, no, 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 we're not going to spend X amount of dollars on a new set of speakers. We'll, we'll, you're cut off at, so there are compromises. What the prevalence of Bose and Infinity, Harman Kardon, other high-end audio systems in cars, it's been driving an awareness of high quality sound. It makes our jobs easier because when a customer walks into a retail store, I don't have a retail location. I'm a mobile installation specialist, but I do have a private workshop by appointment only. But when they walk into like Freeman Car Stereo, let's say, they've already heard pretty good sound. So they've already done half of the work for us. And we can show them using what's called the soundboard. I'm sure you've seen it. It's a, it's a wall of speakers and radios yeah. and the amplifiers with subwoofers that we call it a soundboard. We can give them a taste of what real high-end car audio is. 
and I'm very passionate about it. Um, the first time I heard a really super high-end car audio system, I was just talking about this with a customer yesterday. It was 1986. Uh, Rich Inferrera owned Rich's Cartoons in Watertown, Mass., just north of Boston, suburb of Boston. He built a white Acura Legend Coupe, 1986. He sat me down in the passenger seat, cranked it up, and I'm not exaggerating. This was like a religious experience. This was <laughs> so... Uh, it's kind of like trying to describe the movie 2001, if you haven't seen it. Uh -huh. it's, it's such a mind-altering movie. You know, it addresses so many different topics. Right. That I just absolutely, I was hooked for life. You know, you've got the air conditioning blowing on you. You're sitting in this nice leather car, and then you're hearing, you're literally hearing notes you've never heard before. Huh. In songs you've known all your life, you see? Yeah. And I look down, it's, it's the factory head unit, the factory Acura radio, which back then was a CD with cassette. Uh -huh. He grabs it and pulls it off by using the volume knob. What he had done is taken a bandsaw and cut the first one inch of the factory head unit off, glued it all back together, put Velcro on the back. The actual Alpine high-end radio was hiding just behind this one inch facade of the factory head unit. It was a theft <laughs> deterrent idea. Yeah, yeah. And that was 1986. That's so I've been, I've been addicted to high-end car audio. It's, it's a niche of what I do. Uh -huh. My signature product is the K40 radar system. I'm a K40 premier dealer, which is a reflection of the workmanship, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, the most expensive car I've ever worked on was a $3 million. It's a Pagani Huayra Roadster. It was in uh, Illinois. The K40 company chose me to do it. It's a gorgeous car. Yeah. Even if you're not a car lover, when you see this car, you'd like, there's something different about this car. What is it? Okay, so you have your supercars, which is one word, supercar, run together. Right. That's Ferrari, Lamborghini. This is a category of car called a hypercar, which is $1 million or more, limited production, mostly mm -hmm. handmade. Handmade uh, to order, I, I would assume, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, yes. Yeah. Um, I believe the company's in Sweden. It's called Koenigsegg. I may be mangling the pronunciation. Koenigsegg makes very high-end cars. Pagani makes about 100 cars per year. This is a one-of-one one car. It was a unique color scheme. It was at the Geneva Motor Show on display. It was designed to emulate the owner's favorite bird, which is uh, the bird of prey. Mm -hmm. and the name just escaped me. The name of the bird just escaped me, but I'll think <laughs> Oh, it's, well, it's a Geerfalcon. Okay. The name of the bird is, is Geerfalcon. Uh, it's G-Y-R, Falcon, one word, run together. It's a very beautiful bird that has white. Uh, it's primarily white with yellow trim. So that was the real feather in my cap. I may never see another Pagani again. They only sell 50 to 100 a year. Yeah. It's, it's like the unicorn car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. And your expertise and your quality workmanship is what allowed you to work on that car which is amazing yeah and what i'd like to talk about is um let's bring it back down to reality like how can i help all of those many people that live in all of those towns around 485 yeah because i don't have a lot of formal advertising and if anybody is a car nut anywhere inside this area we have what are called cars and coffee events and you'd be surprised how many people don't even know what a cars and coffee is you show up with the, your car. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a fancy car. 
as long as you can wash the darn thing as a minimum, right? If you mm -hmm. like the car and you've been working on it, it could be a project car or it could be a car that's all done. It could be a 72 Mustang that's yeah. a beater. And we've had cars, so you show up anywhere from six to seven in the morning and these things break apart around 10 or 11 a.m. It's in a parking lot, usually with a coffee shop nearby, or sometimes we have a vendor who brings a coffee truck mm -hmm. or a table set up with coffee. So it's called Cars and Coffee. It's a chance for car nuts like myself to get together, talk, shoot the breeze, and then start their day, usually on a Saturday and also on a Sunday. So I'm calling out to all the car nuts in this whole area. Find the Cars and Coffee events. They're all over the place. And we have car shows. Mm -hmm which run a little bit longer, sometimes 12 o'clock or one o'clock on a Saturday. You cannot attend all of the cars and, cars and coffees and car shows in Charlotte. It's physically impossible unless you cloned yourself. Wow. There's so how do you, many. How do you people find out where they're at? Are, they, are you on Facebook yeah. or? Thinking about cloning. I thought about having myself cloned because I could get <laughs> so much more done. Yeah, but or relax too. Actually, well, I'd be really upset if I was cloned. I'd be so upset I'd be beside myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a joke for you. Yeah, I know. But seriously, um, I, the, the point is my revenue stream, and, or more accurately to say, the awareness that the public has about rolling tones comes from my attendance at cars and coffee and car shows mm -hmm. uh streetside classics is one company that comes to mind i believe they're in concord they have a huge building full of classic and vintage cars muscle cars sports cars luxury cars two-seaters station wagon you know old woody wagons uh pickups wow. hot rods and it's a great way to spend on a saturday with the wife just walk around you're welcome to come in it's open to the public and on certain days in the parking lot, they have a car show. You'll see like Dodge Charger after Dodge Charger after Dodge Charger, 70, yeah. 71, 72. It's a lot of fun. And I have a 10 by 10 purple canopy that I had decorated with my logo and some expressions that I have. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love meeting people. I love exchanging business cards with them. I have gotten some business from it. Yeah, that's great, Dave. Um, I know we're getting a little late here, and then you have an appointment, so I've got I've got twenty minutes. Okay, let's move on to what I like to call our shotgun round, and this is just a, a sure. bunch of questions that are more fun, just to get a little better idea of you and, and personally. And uh, we'll do the shotgun round. If you could turn back time and talk to your eighteen-year-old self, what would you say? Wow. Got you, didn't I? <laughs> oh. That's pretty emotional. Yeah. How so? Uh, family. Mm. I, what would I say? Well, first, I'm pretty smart, and I'm I'm not cynical, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm I know this might sound weird, but I'm an open-minded skeptic. In other words, mm -hmm. I'm a Renaissance man. I'm interested in all things. I'm very, I have a lot of intellectual curiosity. You would have to prove to me that you were really me from the future. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I hear you. So it would be kind of like Clash of the Titans. Right. Because we, we would be equally matched, but the older self would have more experience. Right. And I'm not sure how I would convince myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. But, no one's ever come up with that answer before. <laughs> well, okay. I, I'm not dodging the actual answer, but I'm just right. hit with this realization that what, what the heck would you do if, if that really did happen? Um, I don't really know because what, you know, I follow a spiritual path, which is not overtly religious it's but it is highly spiritual i don't proselytize about it i don't talk mm -hmm. about it unless someone asks me or something like this comes up and so one of the things we say is everything happens for a reason and so we have what our life path a lot of people believe that we're living alternate timelines simultaneously there are multiple versions of ourselves like I came home so late from doing a job once that I bumped into myself leaving the next morning. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just kidding about that. But right. seriously, a lot of people feel we a lot of people feel that we live alternate timelines. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, my path in this life, and this is like I'm opening myself up to whatever your listenership is, 1 million people, 50,000, mm. who the heck knows, but yeah. I'm just going to lay it all out on the table. Okay. I don't have my college degree. I went to the University of Lowell. I took engineering courses. I might have had some kind of a iron deficiency or something, but I kept falling asleep during calculus class. And it, it I'm sure that a lot of your listeners can relate. You yeah. have a nice meal in the, well, it's a Marine, we call it the chow hall, you know, the, the school cafeteria. Right. You go to your one o'clock class or your 130 class. And the instructor is like, I'm looking at him saying, is he professionally trained to be that boring? Because he's so good at it. And as soon as I said he's so good at it, I'm like, my head hits the table. I'm out like a light. Wow. And I'm thinking, why? I've had classes like the, that. Why doesn't the kid next to me wake me up? Are they, is it like a competition for grades? Are they like, are they happy that they took one out? so that he can get a better grade than me. So I take comfort in the fact that most self-made millionaires, I'm not a billionaire, but maybe I'm working towards that. Most mm -hmm. self-made successful businessmen do not have a college degree. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging a college education. Statistics show if you have a college education, you make more money throughout your career. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also, my grandfather taught me to um, learn a trade. This is Grady Salter, the engineer. Right. I was maybe 16 or 17. I was not his favorite grandson, but he <laughs> did take me under his wing somewhat and say to me, learn a trade. You can always fall back on a trade when times are hard. So I'm a tradesman. I'm a yeah. skilled electronics installer. What was the question? Uh, what would you tell, tell your 18-year-old oh, self? Oh, what would I tell you? my future yeah. self? Oh, okay. I... I may, I may just bag on that answer, but I think okay. maybe I would say, listen, Dave, you're really talented. Um, you, you love cars. When you go to U Lowell for engineering, try to stick with it. And so what would happen is I would be on an alternate timeline. It's the yeah. timeline where David Gold got his college degree. 
And then maybe David Gold got a job as a researcher at General Motors, let's say, for example, and never found out about the beauty of North Carolina, you see? Right. So it's really, it's really hard to say, but since... Interestingly, since, you've, you've gone into this question a whole lot deeper, and I like it. I mean, all the things you're well, thinking about is, is amazing. Well, we have we have a solid fifteen minutes, so we're okay. okay. We don't we're not in a rush. But if you think about the um, the the spiritual or philosophical point of view that everything happens for a reason, so my you could say my destiny, or like the kid, what's that movie, Back to the Future? Yeah, he talks to the young girl at the um, soda shop, and he he's really nervous. He wants to ask her out. He taps her on the shoulder. He says, "You are my density." Yeah, he screws up the word <laughs> des destiny. You are my density. And she looks at him like, what? They, uh, uh, spoiler alert. They end up getting married. Yeah. Those are the parents of the kid. Anyway, <laughs> the same kid who goes into the soda shop and asks for a Pepsi free. Yeah. And the, the and soda jerk owner, from, the soda shop owner from the 1950s says to him, what do you mean free kid? If you want a Pepsi, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Then he asked for a tab. He said, "You want a tab? You have to order something." Right. <laughs> so I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't think it really matters what I would have said to myself because uh -huh. I, I'm not for asking anybody to believe what I'm saying because I frankly don't know. I have no proof one way or the other. But according to a lot of um, researchers, we do have alternate timelines that ex we're living multiple lifetimes simultaneously, uh -huh. and it's hard to get your head around that. But yeah, I. I would have, it would have been like a counseling session. So one thing I regret with my parents is, you know, I love my parents. They were very responsible parents, but they never really pushed me that hard to pursue a traditional four-year college degree. I went to a school that was uh, Newton South High School in Newton, uh -huh. Massachusetts, a very well-to-do community. It was uh, half Jewish population, very uh, career-oriented, striving parents. So, yeah, you... You will go to Harvard, you know. <laughs> so I, I was kind of like a hippie—not a hippie, but a, kind of like a counterculture freak. Um, you know how you have little cliques in high school—you have the freaks, the jocks, etc. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I guess maybe I kind of rebelled against going to a traditional four-year college because I didn't want to follow what I would call the lemmings and just do what they did because that was the thing to do. However, I did get a, a two-year degree. From East Coast Aerotech, I got my FAA certification. I've been pursuing courses in lifelong learning. I have no regrets whatsoever. My life cool. has turned out really well. And in the last, I've been in Charlotte for three years. When I say Charlotte, it's the greater Charlotte area. I was right. in South Park for two years. Um, I was renting an apartment in South Park for two years before I finally found this house, which has a great workshop behind it in a rural area. And um, Again, I love what I do. And there's another spiritual concept called reality creation. You can create your own near-term reality. So let me ask you a question. What's the first, when you have an idea in your head, what's the next thing that happens after you have that idea? Um, start planning how to make it happen, I would think. No, a little more, a little more concrete. A little more concrete. Oh. More basic. Gonna... What do you do? Oh, think about it. No, after you think about it, what after happens? After you think about it, you try to start implementing. No, no, you speak okay. it into existence. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's right. You, That's right. 
you speak it into existence. Words are very important. The, the American, the English language is sacred. I will submit that it's very special and sacred uh -huh. because with only 26 letters, we can draw pictures in your mind of spaceships circling Jupiter. That's true. Uh, a beautiful Christmas tree with kids around it with 26 mm. letters. <laughs> Words, words are very important. So when you speak an idea into existence, so for two years, I was telling everybody I met, I'm looking for a house that's single story in a rural area with a low crime rate. I want a two car garage that I can make into a workshop with no center column. I want a concrete driveway that's gently sloping away from the garage so I can sweep it out. Central air. Mm -hmm. I just described my 2,000 square foot house. My yeah. dream, I was speaking it into existence to everybody I met because I knew one of those people would know somebody that could heck hook me up with this house. Right. So it took me three years of living in South Park for two years mm -hmm. to find this house. So anybody out there that is struggling in their career or maybe lost their job to the the virus words are very important what you say watch what you say um, since I moved from New England down to this area I've cut back on my swearing drastically people don't generally speaking it's frowned upon yeah especially as a Christian uh, um, that's what they say bite your tongue mm -hmm. you know yeah so not that you're asking me for advice for your listeners, but I would say each human being is a divine creation of God or the creator. Insert name of deity here. Whatever belief system you believe in. And you can do anything. That's why there are so many expressions that we say that we, um, we almost discount them because they're so, now they're trite. Like... If you put your mind to it, well, stop and think for a minute. What does that actually mean? Putting your mind, like you said, you have an idea in your head, right? Putting your mind to it means focusing on it. That's why I, I maybe it was um, Earl Nightingale said, whatever you focus upon grows. Right. Now that's recently become, it's called the law of attraction. Yeah, I was going to mention it. So I have, I have, let's use me as an example. I was sick and tired of shoveling snow. I'd be working in the shop where the snow and ice was dripping off the car. So I'd be splish, like, like that song, that novelty song, splish, splash. I was taking a bath. Well, yeah. I was taking a bath, walking around these cars with snow and ice dripping off of them in my shop. I have four kerosene heaters going. At the end of the day, it might get up to 50 degrees in my shop. Wow. I had had it up to here. So I looked around. I chose Charlotte. And I came down here. I was just a man with a trailer and a dream. It's a very romantic notion, mm -hmm. but I knew I could make it happen. I moved myself in my sedan and my trailer that I built myself, multiple trips. I'm not saying you have to do it this way. If you want to right. rent a 40 foot U-Haul or a professional moving company, by all means, and just you know write a check. The amount of mm -hmm. calories you were expending writing that check would be maybe one one thousandth of what I spent moving myself at my shop by myself, no support system except myself. 
over right. multiple trips. When I made those trips down here, I was calling ahead and booking jobs. So these trips paid for themselves. I was putting roots down in Charlotte, developing a customer base simultaneously with working on my customers' cars in New England. When I leave here Saturday afternoon in Raleigh, I'm heading straight up to New England. I have two jobs to do. Mm -hmm. These are customers that won't let anyone else work on their cars. So just like President Trump and Rush Limbaugh, I have the optimist gene. And I believe that you can do anything you put your mind to because as a divine creation of God or the creator or whatever you want to call it, you can achieve anything. See, God, God needs us to experience physicality because he's not a physical being. So we experience physical life through us in service of him. Okay. Isn't that special? Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Anybody out there who is, I'm sure there's a lot of people right now who are down in the dumps. They've lost their job. They're laid off. Right. They're, they're upset about all the rioting and looting and burning and pillaging. I would be upset too, but I'm telling you what, turn inward, draw on your inner strengths, which you have, but by simple virtue of the fact that you're a human being, it doesn't matter what you know, you can mean, the chairman of Ford Motor Company, his name was Red Poling, P-O-L-I-N-G, this is like 20 years ago, he said, he announced his retirement after five years. And someone said, why are you retiring after five years? You've been doing a great job for Ford Motor. He said, I believe a person should repot themselves every five years, just like a plant. Wow. So you can reinvent. I've reinvented myself. Okay. I, I've still, still been doing car electronics, but I've, I'm constantly refining the process. Anybody out there that's listening to this podcast, they can <clears throat> reinvent themselves, even if that means just doing MOTS, more of the same. Do what you love, focus on what you love, get some training. If you're weak on marketing, focus on the marketing. If you're weak on sales, focus on a little bit of, the training is free thanks to this wonderful thing called the internet. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Uh, I, hope, I mean, I, I don't think this podcast was designed to be a message of hope. Oh, it actually it is. <laughs> so, well, something inside me tells me that we should go down this path because it's not about me. I try to restrain my ego. Uh -huh. Yes, I love what I do. Yes, I do really good work. But I see a lot of people out there who are lacking direction. But because I do have the optimist gene, this country is going to be fine. Yeah, we've gone so. through some rough times, but you know, look at this. Look at the launch we just did—the space launch. Yeah, yeah. The first private space launch ever. Total success yeah. and great-looking uniforms, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> so more like two thousand and one-ish. That was I thought it was kind of yeah. cool. A lot of people say that two thousand and one was the inspiration for a lot of developments in space. It's kind of yeah. like a, they feed on each other. So mm -hmm. think about the United States in ten, fifteen, twenty years. Be optimistic. The, the the period we're going through now, all things come to an end. See. Right. Anybody in your listening audience that wants to have a personal counseling session, I don't charge for it. I love helping people uncover this inner strength. It's your birthright. Right. You were born with these abilities. And don't ever say anything, like I said before, words matter. 
yeah. uh, people say, oh, I'm a horrible speller. Well, the universe immediately starts arranging everything around you to support your belief that you're a horrible speller. Yeah, See? exactly. That's why words matter. It's very important, the words you put out into the universe. Right. It, it, even someone that says, I don't believe in God. No, I'm, again, I'm not proselytizing. You believe what you want to believe, but God loves you enough. This is heavy duty. God loves you enough to support your belief that you don't believe in him. Yeah. Think about that. that. That's, you that's have free heavy. will. <laughs> this is the greatest country on the earth. Never before has this experiment in democracy supported individual rights, the right to own property, the amendments to the constitution, which is a sacred document, by the way. Right. So anybody living in Charlotte or this whole area, you're in the greatest country on earth as far as opportunity. It's up to you. Exactly. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. So Dave, how can people get up with you? Which okay. Well, I have, uh, um, as the owner of the company, I have no personal assistant. You reach me directly. Okay. I know. I do all of the installations myself, by the way. So you get all of my years of experience. Uh, it's 704-999-1887. If you want to go to Instagram, it's Rolling Tones, the number one. So it's R-O-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N-E-S, and then the number one. I do a lot of posts there of my work. You see a lot of K40 radar installations. I would say 90% are K40. Okay. Um, I have a website, which is rollingtones.info. And my email address is david at rollingtones.info. It's not right. .com. Info. David at rollingtones.info. Okay. And I'll put all that in the show notes so that anyone yeah. can, you know, go back and look at it. Dave, it was awesome having yeah. you as guest. Uh, you uh, were a very exciting and interesting uh, uh, guest, and I really appreciate you being on our, my podcast. Can we do it again? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, this this kind of uh, started out as a straight you know business thing, and kind of evolved into a. I, I'm a big picture person. Yeah. So I try to tie together like how how can you and I how can we help your listeners. So how was that for a podcast? David delved deep into things that no one else on this podcast has done so far. I really enjoyed talking with him and learning about his business and how he looks at life. He values his service to his clients and goes out of his way to do an outstanding job for them and to show his appreciation to them. There's a lot to learn there. I heard an interesting thing this week that stuck with me. It was one of those things that right after you hear it, you're scrambling for a pen and paper to write it down so you don't forget it. I mean, at least I did. Here's what it was. We live in the information age. We have all the answers. We just aren't asking the right questions. Let me tell you that hearing those words to me was impactful, and it made me think about how people get their information today. If you and your business are not using this age of information to market you and your brand, you are going to have a hard time succeeding. Almost everyone I know goes online to look for a company to do business with. 
I think more so when it comes to service companies. They want to read the reviews of that company and try to get to know the company before they do business with them. If you and your brand do not have a presence on social media, you are severely hurting your growth potential. With a simple video that introduces you and tells how your business helps others, or a video with your customers singing your praises, you will gain more customers, grow your business faster, and make more money than you can with nearly any other type of media and advertising. So why do so many big businesses still spend tens of thousands of dollars on TV commercials and magazine ads that no one is seeing and barely work in this day and age? I wish I could tell you. If you have a smartphone in your pocket, you can be getting the story of your business out to thousands of potential customers and very often for free. Subtomic Reductions can show you how to use your smartphone and help you create content that will put you and your business out ahead of your competition. Or maybe you just don't have time to create content for your business. After all, running a small business does take a lot of time, especially when you are just starting out. Well, Subtomic Reductions can help you there too. They will work with you to create amazing, professionally produced content that tells the story of your business for you to use on your website and in all of your social media. And it won't cost you tens of thousands of dollars either. They will work with you within your budget to help you create content that you can be proud of, that will be seen by others, that will get you more customers and make you more money. So stop wasting time on advertising models that are old and outdated and are no longer effective and will ultimately be a waste of your money. Contact Subtomic Productions today at info at subtomicproductions.com. That's info at Subtomic Productions, S-E-B-T-O-M-A-C Productions, all one word, dot com. Or you can call them at 704-899-4696. That's 704-899-4696. Again, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast and remind you to give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best thing you can do to help us to continue to grow. And surprisingly, and I'm really excited by the fact that right now we are one of Charlotte's fastest growing podcasts. So for all of you who listen and who have rated our podcast on your uh, podcast platforms, thank you. We really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and know that it is greatly appreciated. In these trying and uncertain times, I hope that you all continue to stay safe out there.